What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Planeswalkers Anonymous. I hope you're all doing well as we face this virus crisis together. This week, we're going to be talking about how that's affecting us in the world of Magic the Gathering. So, if you or anyone in your life shares our obsession with virulent plague or vizier of remedies, we are here for you. I'm Duncan, podcasting through my face mask with Donovan. So, Donovan, how's your week been? Well, I don't think I've got coronavirus, but I think I do have a case of deja vu. <laughs> okay, that's uh, uh, that's my fault. <laughs> I think we we, <laughs> we did this intro once already, but uh, I didn't record it, so we're back. <laughs> I just had to call you out. Okay. No, oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Have you played any played any Magic this last week? Uh, people still showing up at Boardwalk? Ah, uh, people are still showing up at Boardwalk. I played a little bit of Magic, but it didn't go so great for me. Uh oh. I played some Pioneer because I sometimes go to do a Pioneer after we record and yeah. I let somebody borrow my good deck, which is not even that good. So my backup deck was even worse. But I won a match, which was really surprising for that deck. All right. Cool. Well, what is what is it that you were playing that's so bad? <laughs> I was playing a Whirler Virtuoso combo deck. Whirler Virtuoso is a blue, a red, and one for a 2-3 that when it enters the battlefield, you get three energy. And then you can pay three energy to make a 1-1 one, one flying Thopter artifact creature token. Yeah. And then I have a couple of different cards in the deck that give me energy when either a creature or an artifact enters the battlefield. Okay. And you can use that with Whirler Virtuoso to make infinite Thopters. So the idea is to get three things out there that give you energy when you make a Thopter. And then... Either... There's three... There's one card that makes one energy when I make a Thopter and one card that makes two. And so okay. I can have just two of those if I have the six mana one that makes me two energy. Sure. But yeah, it's it's kind of janky. And so like right now what I've got in it to fill out the space that's not the combo pieces is a bunch of, you know, removal and draw spells. Hmm. And the balance isn't really quite right. And the deck would probably need some more playing to get that really done. And I just haven't been playing the deck. So sure. that's one of the reasons I was all for just giving somebody else my good deck and playing the deck is it did need some testing to see what we could do for it. Sure. I mean, that's promising, though, that you think it merits the testing. And uh... Oh, I mean, not to be a tier one competitive deck. It'll never do that. But at least be good <laughs> enough to play it at F&M or something. Maybe we could get it, get it in that shape. Sure. Well, I haven't played any Magic this last week. Uh, Bentley came to visit me because he had his spring break last week. And... Between, you know, all the stuff that I've normally got going on with the podcast things and, and work and then having Bentley here, I didn't really have any time. I, I did find the time to play a bunch of Fortnite with Bentley because he's into that, but it's not really relevant to this show. Yeah, but people like hearing about you. I feel like I've told you already that I don't think that's true. I'm going to maintain that they do. <laughs> well. I think someone out there likes you. I don't know who it is. They're out there. <laughs> All right, well, maybe they'll write to us at planeswalkerspod at enginewithin.com. Just tell you they like you? Yeah, it would make my day. Please, no one do that. <laughs> well, Domin, do you, would you like to, to talk about Magic Fest Detroit? I would like to, but something's holding me back. I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, like, this was the only big event planned for, uh, for this last weekend, I think, and it got canceled. Oh, that's what it was. I knew there was something about it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, this whole virus issue uh you know the cdc has actually officially declared the covid19 that's the official name of this coronavirus they've declared it a, a pandemic and really uh recommending people don't get out there in big groups and attend major events like that so uh 
Magic Fest Detroit's canceled. A lot of other upcoming events are canceled. The E3, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, which has nothing to do with magic, but, you know, it's a big event. It's just canceled for this year. It's not postponed or anything. It's just done. I don't know. It's, it's having a significant impact, you know? Oh, definitely. And it just looks like Wizards is kind of encouraging people to not go out and be disease vectors. Right. But I guess we'll planning on getting more into that later yeah did you want to mention the hunter burton again no no oh well i will then <laughs> just in, in dfw we have a pretty major event in the spring that was planned for for the end of this month right yeah it was that, on the 27th. Uh, yeah it's the hunter burton memorial open and it's a it's a pretty big magic event and it's important to a lot of people and so yeah, people come from around the country around the world even to go to it yeah and but it's not getting canceled it's being moved to august i believe you said last yeah. time we recorded this <laughs> i believe august is hunter burton's birthday okay i know august and march one of them's his birthday one of them's the anniversary of his suicide. Yeah, so we'll look forward to that. We'll probably be at that in August when it comes back. Yes. I'm just glad that, that it's getting rescheduled instead of canceled. Because a lot and of things... And it's giving you more time to put together a modern game. Yeah, it's true. You know what I'll do? I'll, I will build the, the Saga of Sagas to take to Hunter Burton. <laughs> I'll do I'll do my own version of it with uh, Red White. Okay. Ooh, Crow and what? Taking everybody's things? Yeah. Fun, fun. We'll, we'll talk some more about all the events and stuff that are getting canceled and what's going on in the community with all this virus stuff uh, after the break. Before we get to that, Domin, you want to talk some about the news? Your daily newspaper. Yeah. Um, got some new products coming out. Mystery Boosters just came out, but that's some, I think we talked about that last week. We mentioned it. Do you see anything exciting or fun or how, how did that go over at your store well it was really popular and uh it was really interesting i did a draft with it and it's pretty cool that there's so many cards in the set that you don't usually see two of the same card in a draft mm, I, i'm not sure i would consider that a good thing oh it's cool i don't know if it makes it competitive it's just interesting <laughs> okay you get you know there's two rares in a pack oh is there yeah sometimes so three the, if you get a foil that might really change uh the drafts because you know, you can pick your rare and then still expect to get a rare from the person passing to you. Mm -hmm. I didn't get anything good, I but I got to play Tink. Cool. You know, there's also this signature spellbook Chandra product coming out. And oh, that yeah. got announced. But in their announcement, they, they didn't explain what it is a whole lot. They just kind of said that they're doing it. So that made me think maybe they've done these before. Yeah, they did uh, one for Jace and one for Gideon summer last year and the summer before that. Okay. And I, I thought they weren't this. doing one this year because they did the Commander Collection Green was a product they announced that basically is the same product as far as the makeup of it goes, like eight cards and a foil of one of them. But it's themed around just green Commander cards, not any Planeswalker in specific. So I... I had thought maybe they tried doing Baruch and they just, like, didn't really get the theme really done well. So there's like, ah, they're just green. But okay. no, no, it looks like they uh, just wanted to do that as part of their commander stuff. And then they, they are doing a signature spellbook after all. They went with Chandra. Yeah. So right now the car, the only cards we know for sure in here are Chandra, Torch of Defiance, and Past in Flames. Which are both actually desirable cards, so that's good. Yeah, and it's kind of cool to see the Planeswalker actually be one that people play with, whereas the last two spellbooks, they did Jace Bellerin and Gideon Juro, which are just kind of not played. 
<laughs> so. Oh, yeah, but those are the ones, like, with the, the name of the Planeswalker on. So you think maybe originally this one was supposed to be Chandra Nalar, but they noticed in the last couple that people were not happy with their Planeswalker, so... Yeah, I think having a cool, actual good Planeswalker card behind it could actually sell the thing a lot better. Yeah, especially if they're selling it on the back of it being a Chandra-themed product, you know? Yep. Yeah, I just... I don't notice a lot of these... Uh, Or before we started doing the show, I didn't notice a lot of these smaller products that they put out aside from the sets, you know? So I just totally oblivious to the previous spell books. And so I, I read this announcement, I was like, what? But this seems like I'm supposed to know what this is, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Similarly, I mean, another product that's coming up is this Secret Layer Ultimate Edition. And that's because we've been talking about this Secret Layer Drop series the last several weeks, and now they're doing the Secret Layer Ultimate Edition, which they say is meant to be along the same same general idea of a product. It's all under the, the umbrella Secret Layer product line but the secret layer drop series is something that they print to order you know they let you know what day you can order it then you get online and you order it from them they ship it directly to you whereas this ultimate edition is something they're actually sending out to stores and there's still be a limited print run of it it's not going to be something there'll be a lot of but you should be able to go out and pick it up at your lgs if that's something that you want uh, and this first one is going to be the enemy fetchlands. That would be the Zendikar fetchlands, right, Donovan? Yeah, it is. And I was kind of surprised to see this under the secret layer header, just because going through stores, it's not unlimited print run. Just It just seems different, you know, from all the other secret layer products in every way. <laughs> yeah, well, it is getting the, uh, you know, new art treatment, and it's a, a very small set of cards along a theme, and it comes with its own collector's box and everything. Although the box is different on this one. Yeah, it's supposed to be kind of a thing that you can display. Yeah, but I like I saw the image of it on the announcement, and it's a lame display case. Well, I think it's not necessarily something you want like mounted on your wall, but like you could take this and you could have it set up on a shelf somewhere with the lid open so that people could look in it. Yeah, but they are really nice looking fetch like the the art on them and everything is nice looking this is probably something that i would like to have if it was a drop series and they could quote me a price and i could just order it and know i would get one then i i'd be interested depending on what that price was i might go for it yeah but, right uh, now the estimates are putting it at 165 i don't expect that to hold yeah i think that's low i think it's going to be a couple hundred dollars yeah i think it's going to be around 200 but if you can find anybody doing it for as close to 150 as possible i suggest grab it you know yeah yeah because you know the card like we i think we've talked about before when we were talking about oh some some collectors product that we did in one of our early episodes i mentioned that you can't really price these things at less than the value of the cards you know and these are pretty pricey cards that they're putting in this product in demand cards yeah and i think this is one of those ones where the estimated price at least is mm -hmm. dramatically lower than the price of these cards generally yeah and so it's a, it's a good value buy yeah if you can get it for that yeah but i'm just saying like buying these cards individually right now would be what, like 300 dollars. so if you can get it for less than 250 it's probably a steal yeah and if that's the case i see i hadn't actually gone and looked at what they would add up to but if that's true, then I don't expect this thing to sell for under $300. Yeah, well, I I don't know. 
I think that that gets a lot into like kind of what I wanted to say about finance for right now. Sure. I mean, and also just there's probably not very many people who are on the market to buy one of each of these. So, yeah, I think that the fact that this is five different ones is going to sure make it sell a little slower than if it was four of one, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it would have been a good idea for them to do one of their... Uh, super drops or what do they call it yeah i think that's accurate super one drops. of their super drops and did uh five did different fetch yeah five different ones that each Ten had different ones real talk uh well you know i i think it's fine if they just said we're doing the enemy 12 ones. i think they should have done 12 okay sure they could have done any of those but what i was saying is like if they just wanted to do the enemies right then they could have sure. just done five five different ones each with four copies of the like each with a playset of Honestly, that land they in just it. done five different ones with a single copy of the land for 20 bucks, 30 bucks. I don't know. $30. Yeah. Like say $30 single copy of the land. I think it would have. Sold. Yeah. Might've been a good idea, but that also probably, they don't really want to get into a thing where they're selling individual cards to, directly to people. You know what I mean? I mean, they, they've done that already in the secret layer drop series. Have they? Better blossom. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, kind of. It came with a, with tokens it came and with stuff, but four tokens, but, yeah, that's true. But, yeah, this seems like a neat product. Like I said, I would probably be interested in it, but I think it's going to be out of my price range. They did announce that they're doing another super drop in December. They'll have a, a bunch of different secret layers uh, available for, for purchase. And if you get the bundle where you get all of them, then for each of the bundles that you order, then you get one of these fetch lands also. So that that's neat, too. Yeah, and in this announcement, they did say that they're going to be printing fetch lands somewhere else. Yeah. But not in standard. I'm kind of hoping for the commander set just having like the 10 fetches in it. Sure. But it might just be like the other five fetches are going to get a secret layer later this year. I don't know. Yeah, it might make sense too. But we'll look forward to finding out more about that. And I think that's pretty much all the news we got. What do you think, Donovan? One last comment on the fetch lands. Yeah. I just thought of this. Lay it on me. It would have been way cooler hmm. if they made them space themed. And then it would have felt more like a secret layer. They just did like planets that looked like these things. Yeah, that would have been cool. Uh, it was like a special artwork, but it's nothing to do with magic. It's just yeah. Oh, because these ones, I guess we didn't mention these ones are each set on a specific plane. Oh yeah, intended to represent that. Right. Yeah, we didn't mention that, but there, there's new artwork on them because they're secret layers, you know. And each of them got a new art treatment from a different plane. Yeah. The Marsh Flats is supposed to be Lorwyn. The Scalding Tarn is supposed to be Dominaria. Burden Catacombs is supposed to be on Innistrad. Arid Mesa from Amonkhet. And Misty Rainforest is supposed to be on Ixalaw. Yeah, so that that is neat. Oh, you know what? So this isn't really news. This is kind of rumor, right? But, you know, uh, we're expecting Ikoria coming up. Lair of the Behemoth. Yeah. Right. So... I was checking around to see if there was any news about that because I'm just kind of on the lookout for it. You know, it's coming up. And we've got some something we're going to talk about in our main topic that references that a bit. And so I just was checking to see if there was any other news about it. And I couldn't find the original source for this information. So it might be inaccurate. So this is more of a rumor than news, right? But I did see someone talking about Mark Rosewater said somewhere that Ikoria, Layer of Behemoth... And Cure, Behemoth Master, is entirely coincidental, and they have nothing to do with each other. Uh, if that's true, that is a huge failure. Yep. Because if that is true, which, you know, it might not be. That may, that may be a smokescreen, right? But assuming that that is true, I don't... I, I'm not upset because, like, I want this to be a Kiora thing. It's just 
those things are so similar that if they don't have anything to do with each other, they should have seen that and changed one of them. Yep, I agree. And there's like at this point, there's not anything they can do about Kiora's name. That right, but they could have changed the name of this set eight years ago. But yeah, they could have changed the name of this plane, the name of the set at least. Like name it Ikiora, anything else, you know? Yeah, like if they name it Ikiora and Kiora's not from there, that's fine. Oh, they have similar names. Right. Daisy. But right. if you name it Ikiora, Lair of the Behemoths, and there's a magic card called Kiora Behemoth Beckoner. Like, really? Yeah, absolutely. But we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But at this point, I'm like, really, guys? Come on. <laughs> uh, but if you're ready, Donovan, I think it's time to whip out that mustache and glue it on your face and uh, t- tell us a little bit about... If only I could grow a real mustache. That would make it so much easier. I don't know, dude. Having to shave it off in between the finance and the judge call section each week might be a pain in the butt. I think we could fix it better. <laughs> anyway, what have you got for us this week? They didn't even need any money. They had magic cards. Well, I was just going to say that I think that there's going to just be a general dip in the market right now. For everything, because with the, all these event cancellations and stuff, there's going to be a lot less demand for people to get cards quickly so that that driving force in the market's just not going to be there. Mm-hmm. And with mystery boosters coming out and reprinting a lot of cards, there's going to be a lot more supply of a bunch of cards and secret layer drops, stuff like that. Just putting more cards out there and people not really having any deadlines by which they need to pick up cards for. Sure. I think that's just going to cause a kind of general dip in the market, and I think that that's kind of good for Magic players in general. If there's a card you've been waiting to pick up, this might be a good window for you to watch it and see if, like, oh, has it come down in your price range? Mm-hmm. But also, I don't think people need to panic sell any of their cards, you know? Yeah, I think that uh, this is the sort of thing you see with, with any major crisis, uh, this coronavirus. You know, a, a war happening frequently will have this sort of effect on the economy. And and it is sort of the entire economy is going to be affected this way. It, it all suffers. Oh, for sure. And personally, I think what tends to happen is the economy dips, you know, is a bit of a, as you said, a droop in the economy. And people are worried about that, so they try and sell out of stuff before it loses its value. And that drives the economy down. And so personally, my advice, just generally about economics, I'm not a, not, not a professional in any economic field, you know, but my personal advice generally about economics is when there's a crisis like this, just hold on to your stuff, keep it together, stiff upper lip, we'll get through it, things will bounce back, and everything will be okay, so. Yeah, and also people are gonna, there are gonna be people who can't go to work because of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. that are gonna sell cards because that's a thing they have to sell to make money while they're waiting around at home. Sure. And uh, so you may want to be on the lookout for some deals. Yeah, you you can uh, cruise eBay or something if you want to take advantage of some people in crisis. Yeah, <laughs> I or mean, on help the out some people in crisis. Yeah, I would say like there is the aspect of it to, where like you know it's bad for them that they're having to sell their magic collection to make ends meet. That's unfortunate, but at the same time, if they're having to, be nice if someone gave them money. You know exactly. So, so yeah. I'm trying to drive competition for them so that there will be more people bidding and they'll get more money. Yeah, fair enough. Doing my part. Well, we will take a break, be right back, and we'll talk some more about this really uplifting topic of COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. That's lovely. 
Hi, I'm Chase. You may know me from my work with The Guild Pack, or from my new podcast, Mind Sculpting, on the Multiverse Podcast Project. Today, I'm here to help promote another great show on our network. ThoughtCast is a terrific new show that brings together some of the best planeswalkers in showbiz. Each week, Sahili Rai, Tezzeret, and Nahiri get together to bring you fresh ideas you might want in hand during your next duel. And with that punch, you just know ThoughtCast will have an affinity for artifacts. Listen to ThoughtCast on the Multiverse Podcast Project app or wherever you get podcasts. be interested in checking that out uh i think it'd be interesting to see what uh nahiri and tezzeret have to say to each other yeah i think that'll be an interesting dynamic yeah i mean not not to uh cut out sahili there i'm sure she's fascinating as well but uh didn't expect to get those three people on a podcast together <laughs> that's gonna be a some producers are gonna have a handful <laughs> right well i'm i'm sure that the uh what was it the multiverse podcast project can handle it no, they're not as slick as Engine Within, but, but I think they're on top of it. So you suggested that we talk about this whole epidemic today. Um, was there anything in particular that you wanted to put out there for our listeners or, or make sure we covered? Yes, your birthday. Yeah, that happened. I <laughs> got him. It's in the podcast now. Yeah, probably, because you, you obviously care about it. <laughs> well, these uh, this pandemic has hit us during the Ides of March. Okay, now that's spe- that's a specific date, Donovan. You don't have to mention that. <laughs> well, I was going to say, and also around this time of year, we have your birthday. Oh, yes, also around that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what's going on in the magic community? Yeah, so a lot of the magic events have been canceled, postponed. Rescheduled. Um, rescheduled. Yeah. Like the Hunter Burton Memorial Open. and Yeah, some really major GPs ones, Mythic Championships, Players Tours. The Players Tour got canceled, and just the people who are going are getting invites to the next one. Yeah. I think the next two Players Tours were canceled, right? I think, the and the Players Tours finals just canceled in, entirely. Yeah. Um, then... but so that that's something that I really wanted to talk about. It's something that I thought was interesting. One of the, the last time they had a Pro Tour scheduled for Dallas, it got canceled. Oh, really? And then they have the Players Tour. I think that was going to be one of the earlier Mythic Championships was a rebranding of the Pro Tour and that was for Dallas. Okay. And then the Players Tour in Houston, the Players Tour's finals in Houston's getting canceled. And I think that that's something that Wizards may just need to keep in mind is that they have the last two really big major professional magic scene tournaments they've done for Texas have been canceled. Yeah, it would definitely be worth noting. Uh, they don't want to depress the Magic players in Texas too much, especially when they're already pretty down and out with this virus. I don't think that there's anything that they need to do about, like, specifically during the viral outbreak with that, but I just think that <laughs> it's something they should keep in mind when scheduling events in the future. Ne- neither do I. I, w- I was just trying to make a, make a double entendre with the word depressed. <laughs> Not a, not in a sexual way. That people don't use the phrase double entendre when they're not talking about like sexual euphemisms. But in this case, it was appropriate. I think. 
anyway, I'm sorry. I, I'm being being silly uh, when you were talking about something that is actually legitimately serious. Not like virus outbreak serious, but yeah, like the last couple major events in uh in Texas have have been canceled, and I didn't I didn't even realize that. Hopefully, Watsy's got got their finger on the pulse there because. Like you said, there's not anything necessarily they need to do about it right now. It's not like they should have the event anyway, given that we're having this viral outbreak. But it is a... Uh... Yeah, I just think that maybe next year they should schedule something in Texas. Because yeah. my last two opportunities to go to the Pro Tour and like just to, as a spectator have both been stopped. Um, but we're going to get you qualified this, this year, right? I can hope, but I'm not the only person who... Right, because I'm definitely not going to qualify. I think that... Watsy said that they're going to leave the Magic Fest schedule up to Channel Fireball to decide what they think is best. But right now, all of the Magic Fests up to the end of May are canceled. Yeah, which is kind of saddening, but not unreasonable. Right. Hopefully, things get in hand before that, and um, I don't expect the events to get rescheduled and restarted, but like, hopefully... At that point, events get to start back up again at the end of May, hopefully with yeah. June that they won't have to cancel any June events as well. Yeah, I, we can only hope, right? At this point, not not to be a downer, but honestly, at this point, I'm expecting things aren't going to get a lot better in the next few weeks. And that we're probably going to see more cancellations into the summer. Hopefully this summer we will be able to start having events again. But given the situation right now with the the lack of testing, the lack of resources, I don't expect things to get better until they've gotten worse, you know? Yeah. And with that, we may want to mention just like a lot of people are saying, like, if you think you have the coronavirus, don't go to the hospital. Yeah. Call your physician if you've got one and see if they think you need to go to the hospital. But the coronavirus, unless you're elderly or really young or in other ways sick, maybe you're immunocompromised, something like that, is not expected to be lethal. Right. Like it. My understanding is the mild symptoms of coronavirus are, are flu-like symptoms. They, it, the flu sucks. It sucks to have the flu, but that's the mild version of this. So it's going to be fairly bad. It's not going to be a pleasant experience, but unless you are particularly elderly or, like you said, immunocompromised, you're probably going to be okay. And from what I heard, children actually don't catch it nearly as much as adults do. So if you are a child and you get it, that might be dangerous. But apparently children aren't getting it as much, so that's good. And, you know, young adults, like the average Magic player, should be alright. And you will be a, a greater burden to those people who do need care if you're showing up at a hospital or an emergency room yeah. because you have a cold. You don't want you don't want to risk getting the people who have other issues complicate their diseases with also infecting them with coronavirus. Uh, yeah, that and also uh, I think a big part of this is if you think you have coronavirus, talk to your doctor because if you don't, then showing up at the hospital and wasting the doctor's time and possibly exposing yourself to coronavirus isn't the best plan. That's true. So just you know, keep in mind, uh, wash your hands. Like you're supposed to, anyways. Use hand sanitizer when convenient. Yep. Don't lick any public floors. Right. I say, uh, try not to touch your face. And I think the advice is to maintain about six feet of distance between you and. They say people. I think strangers might be more realistic because 
I'm not, I'm not going to maintain six feet between me and my kids for the next three weeks, you know? I will. I'm not going to go anywhere near your children. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Apart from that, going on with, like, just, like, some of mentioning some events that have been canceled. Uh, yeah. Star City's got their next couple events canceled. Baltimore and Syracuse are both L canceled, though. Yeah, that's too bad. I like Star City events because they have actual coverage of their events. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is I'm going to have to find something more to do with my weekends because I can't just sit behind my computer watching event coverage. Then I think the other major event that we're looking at seeing canceled is uh, not really a dis- discrete event. It's the Ikoria pre-releases. I think Watsi is advising WPN locations to not have in-person Ikoria pre-releases and instead just sell, go ahead and sell the product to people to take home. And something about signing people up for at-home pre-releases? Do you know what that's about? No, I, I honestly don't. Um, we still have some time to figure some of this stuff out. It may just be something you want to look look into as we approach the pre-release. Did you have anything else that you want to talk about? I kind of wanted to talk about how like I thought this would affect future events just going forward in general yeah um i think that with my experience with this it's gonna have a lasting effect on the community for months after this is over yeah we're gonna have a little bit lower turnout to events because people got out of the habit of going to events sure that's like something my store is struggling with right now already is because wizards of the coast handled the standard banning so abysmally last fall we just haven't really been able to revitalize a regular standard event on during the week, our Wednesday event. We haven't really gotten it to regularly happen because we have 10 or 12 players that want to be there and play it, but only two of them show up each week. And so they find out that nobody else is there and they don't come back the next week. Right. And so it's really struggled. And I think this is going to have a similar effect on events for the next six months. Yeah. And so I just wanted to tell people, I think, once the once things are back to normal, when like people are allowed to go to whatever they want, things are not being capped because of worries about disease. Mm-hmm. Keep faith in your local game store. Go to the events and give it a few weeks of showing up so that everybody else knows there will be people there so before you give up on them. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good advice. I'm part of the problem in that I just don't ever show up to events anyway. I show up when I can, but only at the one store. So... <laughs> yeah, I need to start showing up at Boardwalk more often. Hey, man, if you want, I'll give you a standard deck to play on Wednesdays. Come help us out. Yeah, maybe. Well, Donovan, have, uh, have you shaved your mustache? Yeah, I'm ready to put on my hat for the judge call. Cool. You want to go ahead and do that then? Yeah. Since everybody else would do it, yeah, I thought I might work on summoning some sickness. <laughs> All right. But no, what I really want to talk about is just because of the mystery booster drafts and stuff like that, I did a little bit more stuff with limited this weekend than usual. And yeah. a little bit more stuff with limited where cards are coming up people are not used to because the set's just so large. Sure. And so I just wanted to kind of, it made me really realize that a lot of people just don't actually understand how summoning sickness works. Really? And I thought it, like a lot of people know how it applies to them in most I mean, cases, but they you, don't you actually. Cough on somebody and. <laughs> they they know that like oh I play my creature and I can't use it till next turn, but they don't actually understand how summoning sickness works. And there's a lot of questions people ask that if they actually knew it would uh 
make their lives a lot easier. So Yeah, the one I run into a lot of the time is when like I have a card that is not summoning sick that says part of the cost is tapping creatures. People don't realize they can tap their summoning sick creatures. Yeah. So like what I just thought I'd do is kind of just go back to the basics on summoning sickness and start from there and kind of explain like exactly what it is, how it works so that okay. people can kind of really yeah. actually understand it. Yeah, I'm okay with that, but uh is it back to basics doesn't get summoning sickness, does it? Yes, it does. In fact, that's one of the things I wanted to comment is that any time a permanent enters the battlefield or changes controllers, it gains summoning sickness. Any permanent. Okay. Okay. Sure. And so back to basics gets summoning sickness, but it doesn't care. It doesn't affect that card. All right. Fair enough. But so what it is, is if a creature has summoning sickness, it cannot attack or use abilities that require it to tap that have the like tap symbol in the cost, which is specific to it. Right. And the reason for that is having the tap symbol in the cost means that this creature has to be tapped to do that. Cards that say tap an untapped creature you control, what that's doing is it's saying that you are tapping a creature to use this ability, not that the creature is tapping to use this ability. Right. And so that's what the difference is. So summoning sickness causes people to not be able to attack with a creature or let it use abilities that require that creature to tap. And so that's what the distinction is where you were talking about earlier with stuff that says tap an untapped creature you control, do a thing. Right. Like Azami Lady of Scrolls says tap an untapped wizard you control, draw a card. Right. Whenever she comes into play, she can use that ability now. You can tap her, even though it's her ability and it's you're tapping her. Because what that's doing is having you tap the creature. The creature is not tapping. Right. It's like the summoning sick creature can use abilities that cause it to tap. They cannot use abilities that require it to tap. Yeah. And so that gets confusing with the cost and effect and require different requirements and stuff like that. But right. I think our basic point is clear and that might help people in the future. And then another thing that people really get hung up on is they don't realize it says when they enter the battlefield or change controllers. Sure. And so if you if you gain control of a permanent, it gains summoning sickness. Right. And things lose summoning sickness on your upkeep. That's at the very beginning of your upkeep. One of the first things that happens is permanents lose summoning sickness that you control. Permanence you control lose summoning. And I guess a time when it's relevant that permanents are summoning sick, not just creatures, is like frequently you'll have, especially it's saying green, the last few years it's been more common to have spells that turn lands into creatures. Yeah. And they almost always say and gain haste until end of turn. And the reason is if that land was one that you played this turn, it's a land. You can tap it for mana and everything. But if it's a creature, for any reason, it's summoning sick. Yeah, and which would affect its mana ability in addition to its ability to attack. And yeah. so they're, they're trying to add that little haste warning on there to make things a little simpler for people. Some older cards, like Koth of the Hammer, mm-hmm. it could turn a land into a creature, but it didn't make it gain haste. And so you really had to care if like, you're playing a mono-red deck with only mountains in it. You're like, all right, which of these mountains did I play this turn? Right. Yeah, in that <laughs> so, case, it like, would really matter. And adding the haste text on there, I think, primarily, like, both, it helps. This is a slightly more powerful ability, but it also, it just helps with tournaments and stuff. To yeah, it just makes it so much This is something simpler. you don't have to track. Exactly. That's something some people get confused about, is, like, what gets summoning sickness? Everything gets summoning sickness. Right. It's just only creatures care. The only, the only thing where the rules really care about summoning sickness is they say that creatures can't attack or use tap abilities if they have summoning sickness. Right. 
And so all of the other permanents don't care that they're summoning sick, but they were summoning sick. Mm -hmm. And so if you turn them into a creature, if it's like an artifact that can turn into a creature, if you turn it into a creature, the turn it came into play, it will care. Yeah. Or say man lands. That's another lands one. I know I seem to be on this land kick, but say like Celestial Colonnade, if you play it and then activate it, it's a creature. Yeah. It's summoning sick. Or one that actually is a little bit more likely to come up because Celestial Colony comes and play tap. Oh, well, sure. <laughs> There's one in standard right now called Mobilized District. Okay. It's four to animate it, but it costs one less for each legendary permanent you control. But the land comes into play untapped and it has vigilance, which makes this even more interesting because it doesn't, which means it doesn't tap to attack. But you still can't attack with it if you played it this turn. Right. Even though earlier in the turn it was a land and you could tap it for mana back then. Mm-hmm. If you turn it into a creature, it can't tap for mana and it can't attack until it loses summoning six. I suppose that there's a lot of good reasons why that's a better example. Maybe most importantly, probably none of our audience knows what the hell Celestial Colony is. I mean, probably a lot of them do. <laughs> it's a pretty famous card. Like yeah, If you had gone with like Forbidding old. Watchtower, I would have told you, like, come on, pick a better Stalking card. Stones. Yeah. I mean, at least that one comes into play untapped, right? <laughs> so those are some things about that. There's some other things I wanted to mention. If if a creature exits the battlefield and re-enters, that counts. It doesn't have to have been cast or anything like that. Sure. It'll gain summoning sickness. Oh, the other thing I really want to talk about is why this really all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, why is this rule here is, as far as a game balancing standpoint, is pretty clear, I think, to people. It gives people more time to respond to things they get to like if creature comes in they can actually maybe find some way to block before they're getting walloped in the face right right but as far as like why it like all makes sense it's something that's really helped me with understanding it and understanding why summoning sickness only affects creatures and why it goes away on your upkeep and stuff like that mm-hmm. is that like what it's supposed to represent and the reason it's named summoning sickness is because what the game is the story for the game is you're these all-powerful wizards battling each other, and you summoned this creature into existence here. You're planeswalkers. Yeah. yeah, you're planeswalkers, right. I didn't want to out anybody. I thought we were supposed to be anonymous. Well, I mean, everyone has to admit to being a planeswalker to join Planeswalkers Anonymous. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I guess you don't have to. You can just show up and listen and never say anything. Like, you don't have to share, but, like, part of the point is but that you, you don't have to... when you stand up and talk, you have to say, I am a planeswalker? Yeah, I mean, you gotta admit to being I a planeswalker. I'm like, and I'm a planeswalker. It's like the first step. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, I was saying, you're you're these all-powerful planeswalkers, and y'all are in this big wizard duel, and you're trying to... You summon these creatures to aid you. Right. Different storylines have changed it a little bit over time, whether it's this creature got summoned from its everyday life to show up here, or you created this creature out of pure magic or whatever. Either case, this creature was not here before, Mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden it's in the middle of a battle. Yeah, it's disoriented. It's going to be a little disoriented. It's maybe be a little bit queasy, depending on how the magic works, stuff like that. Like, it needs to get a little time to adjust. Sure. If you summon a spear, your spear doesn't need time to adjust, you know? Right. <laughs> if you travel to a faraway land and you bind its mana to you, and that's how, like, the lands work thematically, you don't need to worry about whether or not that land is comfortable here, you know? Sure. But creatures with thought processes and their own drives and their own biology and stuff, if they just suddenly appear on this battlefield, like, they're, they're going to need a second, you know? Yeah. And that's that why you sense. can tap them. You can do stuff that taps them down and drains them of energy for the turn, you know? Mm -hmm. But they can't do anything. You can't tell them, hey, I need to do this thing that's going to be an exertion on your own part. That's going to be a struggle for you. You have to go do this thing because they're like, I I can't right now. Give me a second. (laughs) This is all new to me. 
I, I love imagining something like your your Thrag Tusk or something that you've summoned up this huge monstrous boar creature. You're like, all right, now attack the enemy planeswalker, and and then just that sound clip from you. That, Hold on. I need a minute. <laughs> Excuse me, dude. <laughs> that's that's the voice of Thragtusk feeling a little sick to its stomach. <laughs> yeah, and so it's just like they just they just need a second to get a handle on things. Your upkeep is supposed to just signify that enough time has passed for all of these things to be ready to go because that's that's your step where you're gathering your resources you're maintaining things that's why it's called your upkeep step is you're doing all the things there that keep your army going yeah and that's why they're that's where they get ready to go they're in it to win it now (laughs) so that's something that i just like i i think that that matters a lot and like that kind of explains why when creatures change control it matters because like it's like they were on one side of the battlefield fighting this battle and all of a sudden they're like you know what i want to fight for the other guy they may need a second to really get a hold of that in their own head even like you know it's like if you're just like you're fighting you're you're killing this guy and then you're just like you know what i'm gonna help him out that's gonna take you a second to really you're saying your thrag tusk has to come to terms with its uh with its own betrayal with its change of allegiances yeah <laughs> it really needs to understand its drives and what makes it decide to do what it does <laughs> so your, your thrag tusk is over there going like cut cut what's my motivation here can exactly. i get some direction exactly he's just like Look, I was all for murdering and beating up on these little mind mages over here, but I've really decided I want to help them out, and I kind of want to understand that feeling a little bit more before I act on it. <laughs> sure. I mean, it, it's made the right choice, obviously, but <laughs> it's okay to explore your choices and really make sure you're comfortable with who you are. That That's yeah. an important thing to do. And so that's what, like, that's the flavor of it gets a little bit lost when people are explaining the game. And I think some of that actually helps with understanding what things get affected by it and what doesn't. Because sure. if you, you know, summon this machine to come and help you, if it's not sentient, i.e. it's just an artifact that does a thing, mm-hmm. you, like can an it. you can use it. You know, if I see manipulator and dynamo. <laughs> Those are really great examples that the modern magic player will get. <laughs> yeah. I'm bad at this. <laughs> I mean, Icy Manipulator was in Standard last year. Was it really? Yeah. Holy shit. But if it's a sentient thinking soldier, like, you know, Juggernaut or Obsidian Golem, like, then they care about the summoning sickness. They actually have to, they do have to adjust to it. It's not necessarily biological. Right. It's a lot more mental, I think. Yeah, you summoned up your Juggernaut and Juggernaut's sitting there on the battlefield going like, all right. Moments ago, I was beating up Xavier. Where am I now? Exactly. And uh, that guy's pretty thick-headed, so it takes him a sec. <laughs> I think that pretty well covers it, but it's it's like people all the time, they, they gain control of a creature, and they want to know if they can use its abilities immediately, or uh, they turn something into a creature, and they're like, hey, uh, my opponent says that this has summoning sickness because it's turned into a creature. And then I have to go, well, did it come into play this turn? They're like, uh, No. It was in play for like four turns. It's like, well, then it doesn't have summoning sickness, you know? Right. Or the other one, and you're like, uh, well, did you play it? Like, yeah, but it's an artifact. Yeah. A lot of people don't, really don't realize everything gets summoning sickness. Only creatures can. Right. And that's something that I try to use as kind of just my answer a lot of times whenever people are asking, like, does this gain summoning sickness? It's like everything gains summoning sickness. Right. Only matters to creatures. Yep. 
like planeswalkers, they don't care. They're used to interdimensional travel. Sure. So you, they show up on a plane, like, let's go. All right, what if you make your planeswalker a creature? Well, it is used to using its loyalty abilities and aiding you still. Mm -hmm. However, it's not used to being a creature. So it may take a minute to use tap abilities and attack. Okay. I don't think I have any other questions. Do you think that covers the judge call? I think so. So your hat getting uncomfortable, you ready to wrap this up? Yeah, let's go. Cool. Well, we have a, a feedback section next that I just want to remind people of because uh, I would like to get some feedback and be able to, to, you know, have a bit of back and forth with our audience. You send us something, we'll respond here. But uh, we don't have anything this week, so I think it's it's time to shut her down, close her up, and uh, go out to eat. What do you think, Donovan? Yeah, sounds good to me. Bye. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thanks for joining me for the show, Donovan. Thanks to all the listeners who are sequestered in their home. Hopefully this will give you a little bit of content to help get you through your quarantine period. And uh, come back and next hopefully week. Hopefully they're not sick about hearing coronavirus yet. <laughs> yeah. But uh, come back next week and we'll do it all again. I mean, not the same show again. That would be a terrible podcast. But in the meantime, Donovan, I, I know our well, audience it's is... Close. We tried to do it all from memory. We just tried to do the exact same show again. People could listen <laughs> difference um you know that might not be a bad idea for a show of sorts and maybe do some kind of like improv podcast we'll have to put that into the idea box but in the meantime i know there's a ton of people out we'll get there somebody waiting. else at engine within working on <laughs> right am i allowed to ask you about how people can find you now no i'm gonna keep uh, randomly saying things i know there's tons of people out there who just waiting with bated breath to find out how they can contact you on the well, interwebs, Donovan. Yeah, I would normally say that the best shot of finding me is at Boardwalk Games, but you may not want to come out there and let me sneeze on you. So if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at day underscore Donovan. Cool. And if you want to hear more from me, you can find me at Injumathin on Twitter, or you can listen to our other podcast that I host with our brother Daniel. That's about video games. It's called The List all the games eventually and you can find that at ingemithin.com or you know wherever you're getting this podcast it's up on there too and if you enjoyed those things you can go on patreon.com slash ingemithin support the show uh i think that's it donovan you ready to call it later days pasta lasagna don't get me on Ooh, sushi time how many is it sushi through the space mask uh wet they all are Pull the top and drop me. Yeah, that sounds good. You put that in the funnel. I'm going to have enough sushi. Pour it in. will fight you. I'll yell at Motown to shut up. Cool. I mean, I haven't heard anything from him, but... Yeah. You just, that's just something you do generally whenever you get a chance, right? Yeah. He's working from home in quarantine and shit, so we get to yell at him. Alright, cool. Yeah, I'm just stupid.